Welcome to the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast featuring Keith. We are three guys talking all things sports and sports gambling, primarily focused on college football and the NFL. Having said that, the NBA season starts this week. We will slowly start working some basketball content into every podcast. Each episode, we put our money where our mouth is, sharing our locks of the week. Through 14 episodes, we are now 30, 32, and 2 overall after our rough performance last week. But let's put some wins on our Christmas list. Happy holidays, everyone. Let's get right into it. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Keith. Merry Christmas, boys. Episode 15. Welcome back. Want to say a little uh, congratulations to Keith. First time homeowner after today. Congrats, Keith. Keith already got his Christmas present. It was very, very expensive and he had to pay for it himself. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, closed on the house today. So now I you know, am a co-owner of a big empty house and we will populate it with our stuff in the coming days and weeks. Sure enough, unfortunately, our sports betting did not go towards paying Keith's mortgage this week. We had kind of a rough week. Chaotic college football starting on Friday. We'll get further into that. Uh, By the way, it is December 22nd. Going to have two episodes this week, guys. Me and Keith are going to meet back up on Christmas Day to recap a shortened week. Zach has some plans with family that he lives with for Christmas, so probably not going to get to hear from him, but maybe we'll get a little Zach six-pack segment. Later on in this episode, we are going to get a live reaction from Keith checking his sports betting account. He has not assessed the damage from this weekend yet, so that should be fun. We'll do that a little bit later on. College football, though, man. Uh, pretty fucking crazy over the past couple of weeks. It's made absolutely no sense. I'm going to throw all logic, statistical analysis out the window. I'm not ready for college football season to end, not going to lie, but I am excited to have like just a couple bowl games scattered here and there over the next couple of weeks. I can't sustain this level of damage every Saturday before I get wiped out. Motivation for the podcast goes down a little bit whenever we have a bad weekend. So real quick. We went 0-5-1 with our locks from last week. By far our worst week since the inception of the podcast. Somehow, ironically, I had the best record going 0-1-1. And then Keith and Zach, unfortunately, both went 0-2. So let's go ahead and move into college football and get this out of the way. For college football, we are now 15-17-1 for minus four units this season. One bad weekend just absolutely took us down. Going to keep doing our best to improve that lock record. Not till next week, though. I think we're probably going to mostly lay off. There's only a couple of college games between now and Christmas. On Friday though, three conference championship games took place with all three underdogs coming through with a victory. Zach, since you love underdogs so much, how about you give us a quick rundown of those games? Yeah, I do love underdogs and I was really excited about having conference championship games on a Friday night, but none of these three games went the way that we thought they were going to. And that's because all the underdogs won these games. We're talking about Oregon versus USC. The Ducks won that one 31 to 24. UAB versus Marshall. Marshall continued their downtrend as they lost 13 to 22. And then we had Ball State versus Buffalo. Ball State came out swinging. They won 38 to 28. I definitely didn't see any of these games going that way. I picked all the favorites to win. I parlayed them together. Lost that bet, obviously. We were all leaning towards the favorites in all three of these matchups. And it was a rough way to start the weekend for it. I wasn't able to catch most of these games, but you guys have any thoughts on the games themselves? Oregon was like a chihuahua in terms of uh, underdog size. Only had plus 130 odds on the money line at kickoff. They stepped in, like we said last week, to replace Washington in the Pac-12 North, and they came away with their second straight Pac-12 title. Keaton Slovis had three interceptions in this game. 
I don't know if y'all remember, I can't remember what episode it was from, but whenever I locked Wyoming versus Colorado State, totally was getting those vibes from this one. Uh, USC went down 14 nothing in their first two drives. I can only imagine what the winning percentages of teams that go down 14 to nothing in the first two minutes, but didn't happen in this game. It's kind of unfortunate. Like we said, we all were on USC. Oregon just came out playing really, really good. I didn't expect that. Thought that maybe USC could get that little fourth comeback, but not once that pick happened in the fourth, it was just completely over. Keith, you wanted to say something real quick about the Pac-12? Yeah, I did say last week that the Pac-12 was a bunch of nonsense, and I cannot imagine a more fitting end to the 2020 Pac-12 season. USC went into this game undefeated, and there was a slim hope for the Pac-12 that they can get a representative into the college football playoff discussion, and that was summarily dashed by them throwing up a goose egg here against Oregon. That is the one thing that the college football playoff rankings got right. There are no Pac-12 teams ranked better than Coastal Carolina, so I'm happy about that. Uh, real quick, too, in the CUSA Conference Championship game, UAB came through versus uh, Marshall, like Zach said. A little bit better odds, plus 154 on the money line for that one. Uh, then the third game, my Buffalo Bulls unfortunately fell to Ball State. Ball State plus 370 odds. Zach, I know you bet the over early in this one. Line moved all the way up to 68 and a half at kickoff. You bet the over in that. You were thoroughly upset with how this game ended. Uh, what was it? I think there was 56 total points scored in the first half. If you look at the Action Sports app, the over had a 99% chance to cover. Only 10 points were scored in the second half, so uh, over betters were pulling their hair out. Definitely felt like the over in a MAC conference game was a pretty safe bet, but unfortunately didn't come through if you waited. Ball State will play versus San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl on D. December 31st. So the game we'll probably talk a little bit more about next episode. <coughs> Fuck. <coughs> Fuck, man. What is going on with throat? Dude, drink some water. I got Sprite. I just took a sip. Moving on to Saturday, we had Louisiana Raging Cajuns in Coastal Carolina set for a big Sunbelt Conference Championship. That game was ultimately canceled due to covid outbreak or i believe it was just one positive test originally regardless the mullets got the covid game canceled Dude, i was so mad whenever y'all told me this game was canceled there's no conference championship games that are gonna get canceled sure enough the one that we all wanted to watch the most proved me wrong yeah this was gonna be the first sunbelt championship game ever between two ranked teams ultimately ull and coastal are gonna go down as co-champs to keep 2020 extra weird ULL was already in Conway South Carolina when the game was canceled yeah I don't know if you guys took a look at all those college football playoff rankings but the pollsters will say the Shans were trying to coastal their way to the college football playoffs <laughs> can't let a week go by without an awful pun of some sort real quick though before we move on I know there was no game but ULL caught a massive L on Twitter after the cancellation was announced the Cajuns official Twitter account posted a tweet that read and I quote, game trailer video was ready, game opponent was not, unquote. And this tweet also contained a hype video of ULL's 48-7 win against Coastal on November 7th of last year. I guess they conveniently forgot about that time. The fancy beach chickens got their first win against their ranked opponent in program history on October 14th in Laffey. Plus, the dig at Coastal's inability to play due to COVID was utterly classless. How inconvenient for a disease that's currently affected the entire planet to slip its way into Coastal's locker room. Yeah, the shots were totally ducking you. <clears throat> Now I'm coughing. Anyway, this tweet caught so much heat that it was promptly deleted, but I just can't believe they had the audacity to hit send on this garbage. All right, rant over. Speaking of COVID, I think that new strain is reaching out over the airwaves because Keith and Jack are both struggling right now to keep their voice through this podcast. 
Yeah, I'm over here just choking on the remnants of carrot cake. <laughs> I blame the weed because I haven't hardly left the house in the past month. What a... God, thanks, Zach. You got me sidetracked. What did I say something about this game and I completely forgot? Oh, um, kind of not surprised that Coastal had at least a slight COVID outbreak after uh, that win versus BYU. Whenever every single player touched hands with a thousand people in the crowd after they won that game in excitement. To be fair, Notre Dame did that earlier in the year when they beat Clemson, and none of them got COVID. So allegedly, allegedly, live on TV. Allegedly, it just doesn't surprise me. Like I'm not saying that's how they got it, but like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "All right, sounds about right." Make it the quadruple C's: COVID, Coastal, Carolina, Chanticleers. Bruh. On the good note, though, Liberty and Coastal that game was canceled earlier in the season. They're going to get a rematch in the bowl games, so I think we're all looking forward to that one. If that game gets canceled, I'm done. They're number one in my polls and in my heart. I really want to see them play Liberty, though. I uh, hope Hugh Freeze is doing better. But let's go ahead and move on. Sorry to hold you guys up. The next game, unfortunately, Iowa State fell to Oklahoma, 27 to 21. Oklahoma is going to play Florida on December 30th in the Cotton Bowl Classic, sponsored by Goodyear. And Iowa State will play Oregon on January 2nd in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Real quick, Iowa State is 8-3 and three and number 10 in the college football playoff rankings. And Coastal's number 12 at 11-0. I'm sorry, but that's just fucking bullshit. Like, Florida at number 7, 8-3. You lost to LSU, dude. Like, my guy. You should not be in the top 10. I mean, they played pretty decent against Bama, but the refs totally fucked that game over. We'll get back to that. Moving on to happier things. The one thing that went right that we predicted this weekend, San Jose State versus Boise State winning 34 to 20. Hell yeah, Spartan. Oh, Spartan. I had them to cover the spread in this game and to just win outright. And so this was one of my, like you said, one of my only hits. It was really funny though on Twitter. Like, I guess Boise State fans are talking about the shit because San Jose State and Boise were supposed to play earlier in the year and the game got canceled. So everybody was saying, like, uh, not quite that they're ducking us, but like, oh, we're going to get them back in the championship game. We're going to beat them. Ah, uh, ah, uh, You know, San Jose State had the great little reaction Twitter video. Beautiful song from the 90s that's making a reemergence. That's the one good thing about TikTok. It's making, like, all these old-ass songs come back that have no business being in the Billboard Top 100. But San Jose State got the win. That was awesome. Not as many upsets on Saturday as there were Friday, obviously. Tulsa ended up losing to Cincinnati. Three-point victory for the Bearcats. Another really disrespectful bowl game. Tulsa's going to play against Mississippi State, who is and 3-7. That is on December 31st. Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. That is not something I will watch, probably. Probably a little bit more of a respectable matchup. Cincinnati's going to play against Georgia. That is going to be on New Year's Day in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Number 8 versus number 9. I think that should actually be a pretty good game. Georgia is a 7-point favorite at the time of this recording. Big 10 Championship, Keith. You love the Big 10. What'd you think about this one? This was a Big Ten game. It was trash. (laughs) So Northwestern was a 16.5 point underdog at kick and Ohio State was down 10-6 at halftime. So that's about how things were going. I know, Zach, you followed uh, Darren Ravel. I'm sure Keith, you do as well. Mm-hmm. He had bet Big Ten futures. I'm sure he was sweating as well as anyone else that was on this. But uh, before the season, you could have got Northwestern to win the Big Ten at plus 30,000. So if you had an opportunity to cash out at halftime, I really hope you took advantage of that. How did the second half play out in this game, Keith? Uh, so in the second half, Ohio State really turned it around. They scored 16 points, shutting out the Wildcats. And they did it all behind Trey Sermon, who set an Ohio State single-game rushing record, eclipsing former Madden cover athlete Eddie George with 29 carries, 331 yards, and two scores. Pull those stats out of your ass. What the, where the fuck did that come from? That was nice. I like it. They came from ESPN.com. You're supposed to just say, yeah, man, I just got it. No, no, I'm just, I'm deadpanning you. 
Oh, okay. So is uh is Justin Fields? What's his status looking like for the college football playoffs? Is he going to be available versus Clemson? Does he have some kind of lingering injury that's going to possibly play into that game or what? He'll definitely play. He said he had a sprained thumb in the interview after the game. He had his thumb taped up in the second half, and his passes were pretty errant on some of the ones that I had paid attention to after I realized his thumb was taped. But there's no way he's not going to go in the national semifinal. Let's be real. So we'll we'll see how he's able to grip the ball against Clemson, but he'll definitely be out there at least to start the game. Yeah, the books still have a lineup for the Ohio State versus Clemson games, so they usually know a little bit more about that kind of thing than average better would. So I imagine with that line still being up and it still being within 10 points at the moment, I, I imagine they expect Fields to go and, and be at least somewhat healthy. Buckeyes, like we said, are going to play Clemson on New Year's Day and what is going to be the Sugar Bowl this year in New Orleans. And Northwestern is going to be playing Auburn in the Burbo. I don't know if that's company i've never heard of them in the citrus bowl that one is going to be on uh january 1st as well uh whenever this game opened i saw it at seven and a half i'm leaning uh, clemson in that game personally after the smackdown they laid on notre dame which we will get into in just a second wouldn't be surprised though if this line moves up kind of like how the notre dame line did so if you like ohio state in this game which i don't look to bet this one closer to kickoff now we can talk about notre dame sorry keith no rough clemson beat fighting irish 34 to 10 you want to talk about your lock, Keith? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. Keith locked up uh, Notre Dame plus 10 and a half. I actually needed Notre Dame to lose by less than 18 as part of my teaser as well. Tigers came out, fired up in a revenge game. Trevor Lawrence, future Heisman winner, played lights out. Stop, stop, no. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame head coach, said uh, his team would boycott the college football playoffs if their families couldn't attend and he did his best to try and fulfill that promise with this game <laughs> Notre Dame will play and lose to Alabama in the first round of the college football playoffs and they're a 19 and a half point underdog in that game that is going to be the Rose Bowl quick news real fast COVID outbreak in California caused the Rose Bowl to be relocated so there will be multiple games played in Arlington Keith you sure you don't you don't want to say anything at all like you don't got any analysis like I know you watched that game because you were awfully quiet not this quiet. Well, ND marched down the field and kicked a field goal on their first drive. Uh, then Clemson turned the ball over with an interception. Notre Dame got inside the Clemson five and failed to convert a touchdown and then missed the ensuing field goal. And then on the very next possession, uh, Notre Dame was at the outskirts of field goal range, but because of the missed less than 30 yarder on the previous drive, went for it on fourth down. There was a miscommunication between a wide open receiver and Ian Book that led to a drop and turnover on downs. And then from that point, the offense went dormant until the fourth quarter when they scored a late touchdown to cut the deficit to a close 24 points. Brent Venables' defense threw the kitchen sink at Ian Book. There was all kinds of pressure on him throughout the whole game and the coverage in Clemson secondary didn't do him any favors either Ian Book ended up holding on to the ball way too long because there was nobody to throw to and took a whole bunch of sacks scrambling around back there for his life Notre Dame's offensive line did him no favors it, it was just a thorough dismantling I firmly believe that if any of those first three offensive drives had gone differently and Notre Dame was able to actually punch one of those in then this game might have gone quite differently but Brian Kelly has shown throughout his entire tenure at Notre Dame that if the Irish are down by more than two scores, it's pretty much a wrap because there's just no coming back. You kind of got cold feet with your lock. I saw a kickoff that you uh, sent a Snapchat that said, Welp, as if like you just knew bad things were going to happen. I don't know if you just had like the feeling because it had already been so chaotic of a weekend or like, I don't know what it was, but 
I wasn't nervous about the lock. I really thought Notre Dame could keep it within 10 and a half. I just wasn't optimistic about the end result in terms of just the win or a loss. But the lock, I, I felt pretty good about. And <laughs> well, so I felt pretty good about 18 as well, but you know how that went. So, yep, Trevor Lawrence looks like they're going to give him the Heisman just because it's the last year. And, you know, for whatever reason, college football is just doing everything like that we would expect to come down to the end, despite how crazy things have been the past couple of weeks. Zach was uh, calling for Devontae Smith to get the Heisman. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to win if I had to make a bet. I'm obviously staying away from futures this close to the Heisman ceremony. Zach, I'm sure you got a hot take about that. I think you already had one or two on Twitter. I think yours is the one that's the hot take. So currently, everywhere, every set that I can find, Devontae Smith is now the odds-on betting favorite. He's got minus odds right now. So hopefully you took him last week at plus 1,000 like I told y'all to, like I did. Mac Jones is plus 130, what I'm seeing. He's probably between like plus 125 and 150. Trevor Lawrence, plus 600, you can still get him. I am hearing a lot of chatter that he's going to win because like Mac Jones and Devontae Smith might take votes away from each other. Najee Harris might get in on some of those votes as well, which then might dilute the pool enough to get Trevor Lawrence the votes. But I think the narrative is just ridiculous. Trevor Lawrence has not been the best player in college football this year at all. There's three guys on Bama who are more deserving of it. I think Kyle Trask deserves it more than Trevor Lawrence. He missed two games. I mean, his numbers are great, but they're not the best in college football. And just because he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, everyone thinks like we got to give a bunch of participation trophies on the season too. Like, shut the fuck up. I think it's also too like the fact that he's like the Tim Tebow of this generation in a way in terms Mm -hmm. of like a really, really long career, making it to multiple national championship games, like really, really great career stats. I think they're kind of like, oh, this will look really good whenever he makes the College Football Hall of Fame in however many years. This is his third or fourth season of getting like pretty consistent playing time. I personally don't think Kyle Trask should win just based on the fact that losing in the championship game versus Alabama and uh, losing LSU, I think that just kind of takes his name out of the equation. But I mean, Alabama's number one, and that offense has just absolutely killed teams lately. Speaking of Alabama, you want to give a little quick recap of that game versus Florida Zach? Yeah, Jack, I, I obviously locked Bama minus 16 and a half. That did not hit. At halftime, they had it covered. So I was like, boom, we're good. It was 35-17, and Bama was on a roll offensively. But Florida, to their credit, they, they hung around, stuck in it. They scored 14 in the third quarter, and Bama was scoreless in the third quarter, and it was a game down the stretch. Like you mentioned earlier, I think that the refs seem to really want to keep Florida in the game, keep it a really good game. Yeah, crazy game. Uh, 52 to 46 was the final score in that one. 0-3 for college football locks. Rough weekend. Uh, there was a couple of other games, but none of those games in the grand scheme of things are going to matter towards the championship game. So yeah, after a chaotic Friday and Saturday, uh, college football playoff rankings came out. Just how most people expected going into the weekend. Bam at number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, and Notre Dame at number four. So no crazy mix-up. Didn't see anybody get in that we weren't expecting to. Texas A&M did beat Tennessee pretty handily. So, I mean, I think Notre Dame should have got in. Who are you liking to win at all at this rate? I got to go with Bama at this point. I'm thinking Bama-Clemson is going to be the championship game. What do you guys think? Well, it's really bold. You're really going out on a limb there. I know it's not like crazy, but like if there's only four teams, there's only so much I can work with here, Keith. So who do you think is going to be Notre Dame? Hmm? No, no. What, what kind of stupid question <laughs> is that? All right. So who do you think that? I think the same thing as you. I think it's quite obvious which teams are going to make it to the championship and not really. I mean, I wouldn't go that far to say like quite obvious. Like, Oh, no, it's quite obvious. The way things played out, like I don't want to say anything's a guarantee after how this past weekend went. Oh, no, it's, it's a guarantee. 
you say so. <laughs> He's salty. I already looked at those odds, and even Parlay and Bama and Clemson to win, you get like minus two fifty odds on both of them winning. It's not even worth it. It's just I'd rather just watch the games, you know. Like that's just my prediction. I'm not going to bet yeah. like any scenarios with how they play out. But I definitely think it's going to come down to Bama versus Clemson, like it does almost every year. Just like everyone kind of thought it would at the beginning of the year. Currently, I'm seeing Bama between minus 150 and minus 200 to win it all. I actually bet their futures a few weeks back when it was even money still, just because they were dog walking everybody in the SEC, and I just figured they're definitely the most explosive team. And at that time, Clemson really didn't look that great. They looked a lot better this past weekend in the ACC championship game. But I think it's going to come down to those two teams. I see Clemson around plus 250 to win it all. I might throw a little bit on them to hedge, but I'll probably just let it ride. I think it would be a kind of a cool storyline if and I'm sure Keith would like this as well. If Clemson and Notre Dame both could win and like have another matchup and the Notre Dame could get a crazy, you know, story arc of coming back after winning and then losing and winning again, that would probably be a really cool story. Don't think it's going to happen, but I think, you know, personally the best storyline for me is Ohio State whooping up on Clemson cuz Dabo's been talking a bunch of shit about Ohio State being in. He had him ranked like 11th on his coaches poll. Oh, that's a that's a really good point. He's been throwing shade at them all year for sure. The only other coach in the FBS that had him below five was Kirby Smart, who had him at six. And Dabo had Ohio State at 11. The dude hates Ohio State. It has to be difficult for Kirk Herbstreit, whose kids play for Dabo, but is an Ohio State alum. Regardless, I hope Ohio State somehow beats Clemson and gets into the national championship game because that would just... That would make me so happy just to see Dabo lose after going on such a tangent about how Ohio State shouldn't even be in. I think that's actually a pretty good point you'd make. Uh, that, that's that's my second favorite scenario to happen, but we're all realist here. So. And there are a couple of bowl games this week as well. Definitely a condensed slate. Uh, in episode 16, we will catch up and go over all of the weekend games for you. Uh, Monday, actually, Appalachian State beat North Texas. They won that game 56-28. That was the first bowl game of the season. App State was a 21-point favorite, and they came away with a huge win there. Uh, on Wednesday, we are looking at Louisiana Tech playing Georgia Southern in the New Orleans Bowl. I don't think I'm going to touch that one. Georgia Southern is a 5.5-point favorite as of this recording. Uh, for whatever reason, Louisiana teams like get hyped up to play in the New Orleans Bowl, which I never really understood. I'm going to stay away from that one as well, not locking up any college football games for me. Memphis also plays Florida Atlantic on Wednesday. That's going to be the Montgomery Bowl. Memphis is an 8-point favorite. Thursday, we're looking at Hawaii versus Houston in the New Mexico Bowl. Houston is a 13 and a half point favorite. And then Friday, we are looking at the consolation game between the conference championship losers and Marshall versus Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. And Buffalo is going to be a three and a half point favorite in that one. So there is one game between now and our next episode on Christmas Day, game that I am very much looking forward to. The New Orleans Saints face the Minnesota Vikings. That game is going to take place at 4.30 Eastern time and it's being played in New Orleans. The Saints are a seven-point favorite in this one right now as of the time of this recording. Not going to lie, I'm not going to bet New Orleans laying the points in this one. Probably just going to enjoy a nice Christmas day, sitting around the house, drinking beers, smoking weed, watching the Pelicans win as well. Like he said, we do need the Saints to win to lock up the NFC South. So I think we've got a pretty good shot of doing it. Vikings have done some crazy shit to the Saints over the past couple of years, but that always seems to be in the playoffs. So I think we got this one. That's the entire slate of football that we are looking at this week. Saturday and Sunday, we will get further into depth in those games. We will have an episode out Saturday morning just before kickoff ready for you. Holidays have treated us right. We've uh, done a couple of bonus episodes on holiday weeks. So looking forward to that. What else do we want to talk about in terms of football? 
Yeah, so since we're planning on recording on Christmas Day, I don't have any locks between now and then that I like, but a couple of games that I am interested in. I like Nevada plus two and a half against Tulane on Tuesday at 3.30. I like BYU minus five and a half against UCF, but that one's also on Tuesday at 7 p.m. So by the time we record the next episode, we'll have seen if I take any action on these as well as the results. So stay tuned. A couple of games to look at. Guys, we're going to give a live, oh, I guess it's not live because this podcast is recorded, but live on air damage assessment of Keith's waders from this weekend. Keith, do you want to go ahead and pull out the DraftKings sports app? Shout out DraftKings or see how you did after this weekend. All right. So I am logging into DraftKings and oh, my balance is not as low as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> that's actually like the best reaction I was expecting. I was like, either you're going to be pissed and like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Or be like, oh, you know what? I was expecting worse. Only half my house caught on fire instead of the whole thing. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a total bloodbath for sure, but it uh, it was less bloody than it could have been. <laughs> so that's neat. You must have had a lot more money on that Army Air Force under than the rest of us. Well, so shout out DraftKings. They did a promo this past week that was placed for $20 spread bets at minus 300 odds or better and get a free $10 bet. So I just teased some odds as far out as possible for those just to collect that free 10 bucks. Those four plays, which weren't even that good, were Buffalo minus three and a half. Whoops. Oklahoma plus three and a half, which came through and won at minus 278. Notre Dame plus 20 and a half. LOL. And San Jose State plus 14 and a half, which came through at minus 295. I had San Jose State to win straight up, but I just wanted to place this bet to get the, uh, the free money. Might as well. If you're ever in the DraftKings app, Always check the odds boost and always check the promos tab and see what they got going on because they, especially now during the holidays, they have some pretty good stuff going on for all you bored at-home bettors. Sitting around, no work, no nothing. There's there's definitely going to be some good action. I think this week in places with legal sports betting, there should be some pretty good offers for Christmas. So uh, I think it's going to have to be one of the, the Ten Commandments of sports betting when we eventually get into that. If you have access to multiple books, might be different offers. That's good. I feel a little bit better for you now, Keith. I was like, you know, thinking we were just going to go on like a downward slope and uh, hardly hear from you in the second half. So yeah, you know, it was the uh, the big the big bet for me this weekend. <laughs> big being a relative term. DraftKings had a promotional bet going on that was Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson and Ohio State all to make the college football playoffs at plus one seventy five. So I threw down twenty five bucks on that, got sixty eight seventy five back, <laughs> and that plus San Jose State plus six were my only two winning bets on the weekend for college football i'm hoping uh no all right anyway (laughs) okay never mind in the nfl my lock which we'll get into later on obviously lost and i had bet the colts minus six and a half did any did either y'all bet the colts minus six and a half or did i just do that fucking dick well guess what it's funny to you because that lock pushed, unlike yours. But anyways, guys, let's go ahead and move into the NFL before I get trolled to death. <laughs> like we said, kind of a rough weekend, uh, some crazy chaos in NFL as well. Thursday night, Chargers played the Raiders, and the Chargers won that game 30-27. to They covered the three-point spread. Derek Carr got hurt, so Marcus Mariota stepped in for the Raiders. Justin Herbert actually got to play versus his childhood idol. I think he was pretty excited about that. Pretty good game, actually. The Bears are probably going to trade for him now because he had one good game and make him the starter next year. (laughs) (laughs) 
your Bears did all right this weekend, but let's let's just go chronological, guys. So that was Thursday night, obviously. Uh, we had a couple Saturday games. One game that pissed me off, though, same time slot as the Notre Dame-Clemson game. I live outside Denver. Denver TV market, fucking dumb because the Broncos always get priority. Bills played the Broncos at the same time as the ACC championship game, and I couldn't get access to that. And I had to watch this stupid shit. Luckily, the uh, Watch ESPN app saved me. Thank you for technology. Buffalo ended up winning this game 48-19. to Drew Locke did not put on for his city. Bills also clinched the AFC East. I don't know if you guys saw the celebration on the way back to Buffalo. But uh, if there's a COVID outbreak for the Bills soon, would not surprise me. <laughs> when I say our locks last week did bad, I know we briefly touched on it, but I think we can all admit that was an understatement. After an 0-3 Saturday, we ended up going 0-2-1 on Sunday. Uh, we had not one, but two locks lose by half a point for twice the pain. Our NFL locks are now 15-15-1 overall this season. We're actually net positive plus 0.02 units nfl we're killing it making all kinds of money like pennies on the dollar hell yeah all right let's go ahead and just break down a couple quick nfl games i'll just start it off or get the misery out of the way i had houston versus indianapolis i had the colts laying seven points as keith already mentioned like a dick <laughs> six and a half was the magic number so i went oh one and one this week ironically our best play this weekend i actually did kind of get lucky colts scored a touchdown in the final two minutes to go ultimately got up by seven which gave me a push so if they don't get that score if they just kick a field goal to win i uh, actually lose so i got my money back on that one probably the highlight of my weekend unfortunately you also got lucky because did you watch the last play of the game of that colts texans game I turned it off after they scored, and I was like, all right, cool. I got this, luckily. Watson threw a pass to Kiki QT, and it would have been a touchdown, but Darius Leonard came up behind him and like punched it out, and the Colts recovered it in the end zone. That's how they ended. That's the one thing that went my way. Um, I know things, unfortunately, didn't quite go <laughs> y'all's way. I mean, I won a bit off of this game. <laughs> yeah, off this game. Let's not... That's your, <laughs> so that was your only NFL win, apparently, because uh, I know there's another game that absolutely destroyed you. We'll get into that in a second. Let's go over our locks first. Jalen Hurts got the start for the Eagles again. Unfortunately, the Philadelphia failures lost to the Arizona Cardinals, 26-33. Zach locked up Philadelphia plus 6.5. I think there was a botched extra point, which cost the spread in this game. Eagles, like always, Doug Peterson got to go for two earlier in the game as well. Missed that. That kind of sucked. Jalen Hurts played really well in the first half. I mean, he's definitely locked up that starting job. It was actually announced on Monday that he would remain the starting quarterback. Zach, how do you feel about hashtag fade Zach and probably hashtag fade Zach and Jack Sports Bank podcast? We might have to make both of those trending hashtags on Twitter. How do you feel about this game? Uh, this was par for the course for my locks this year. And like you said, Hurts played pretty well. The Eagles, they started out a little bit rough. They recovered a fumble from the Cardinals early after letting them drive down the field. But then Hurts got called for an intentional grounding in the end zone for the safety. That's how the scoring got started for the Cardinals. Now Philly scored 20 points in the second quarter. It was tied 26-26 going into the fourth. I was like, okay, they're rolling. Hurts was doing some things, moving the ball. Everything was looking good. Despite the mixed extra point, it was still tied. So I was like, cool. But Cardinals scored a touchdown late. That ended up being just enough with that missed extra point to, to cover. It seemed like half of the Eagles defense got hurt against the Saints. And I, I didn't realize that a bunch of them were going to be inactive this week. 
that's on me for not doing my proper research there. The Eagles definitely had some holes on defense because of those injuries. They held up okay, but ultimately that and the missed extra point ended up ruining the cover for me. Fade Zach is, is definitely back on the menu after an over 2 weekend. This one hurt, but luckily I was paying a little bit more attention to the Chiefs team at the time. That one hurt a little bit more, I'm um, not going to lie. <laughs> Which definitely hurt for you guys, so... Yeah, luckily for this one, I did hashtag paid Zach just because, again, with Hurts being in there, the range of outcomes was too big for me to feel comfortable betting on this one. And I'm, I'm glad I, one, didn't watch this game at all, and two, didn't have any action on it. I mean, it was a pretty good game until the end. Like, I don't know. Both teams looked really sloppy. I mean, it could have gone either way. With Bird games just feel unfulfilling to me. That's what I was saying last week, but I, I fell into the trap of, you know, having faith in you guys. And I'm not going to lie, Zach. I thought I had bad luck sometimes, but <laughs> I think you take the cake, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, for my locks, at least. Your locks went 0-2 this week, and, like, you did decent again. Like, I know we mentioned that as well in previous episodes. Yeah, Zach's regular betting is always on point. <laughs> it's just the locks that, that end up with the crazy twists. Zach will make 50 bets a weekend, and he'll lose two of them. It'll be both of his locks. Just like share my account with people and just let them know that like most of my bets are doing pretty well. It's just all my locks are missing. So you can fade my lock every week. That's fine. And then I'll try to give you some other stuff on the side that I like. And that's gonna be a new segment. Zach's non lock of the week. <laughs> I guess that needs. I think I'm second most confident in is what's gonna make you money. Yeah, maybe maybe we could look into that, guys. Maybe post a little bit more of our uh, personal plays that aren't locks. You know, things like that. Keith, sad, sad loss for your lock as well as for the Saints. Kansas City beat New Orleans 32 to 29. The worst possible outcome. Not only did the Saints lose, but our lock loss as well. You were watching when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, I thought I was just keeping it real by, you know, thinking that the Chiefs being the offensive juggernaut that they are, we're going to come up in the Superdome and run away from the Saints, you know, probably win comfortably by like a touchdown or more. That ended up not being the case. The Saints defense did a great job all game harassing Patrick Mahomes, making him really uncomfortable in the pocket. Still played out of his mind, you know, using his legs a lot of the time to scramble for first downs and such. I think the real backbreaker for my lock and for the Saints in general was at the end of the first half, a fumble into the end zone, punt return by Demarcus Robinson of the Chiefs. Saints linebacker Alex Anzalone had the opportunity to pounce on it, but instead he, I don't know, headbutted or punched the ball or whatever out the back of the end zone. I think his hair got in the way, poked him in the eye, and he couldn't see it. For sure. So the ball went out the back of the end zone for two points instead of six. From that point, you know, the Saints and Chiefs are jockeying for position um, in terms of being up a certain number of field goals or touchdowns. So you had both teams going for two-pointers in the second half, and that really threw off the spread. I think if that score would have happened, you know, the Saints and Chiefs would have obviously gone into halftime tied, and both teams would have probably just been kicking extra points as normal, and the, t- the game might have been decided at the end by a touchdown. But instead, the Chiefs won by three, and the Saints ended up covering the spread and also losing. And like I like to rant against underdogs that I bet against, if you're going to have the audacity to cover, at least have the decency to go ahead and win the game outright. But if you're going to do one of each, that's not helping anybody. And you're just kind of the scourge of the betting world at that point. Really sad weekend for you. I know it's good that we had you look at your uh, sports book balance because that lightened you up a little bit. Because uh, 0-2 among your fandom and 0-2 among your locks this weekend. Sorry, Keith. I feel your pain. It was a really tough weekend, guys. Yeah, that went about as shitty as possible. But yeah, like I said, that uh, 
I forgot that I, I hit on that promo bet for all four teams to make the playoffs. So that makes my overall weekend a little bit better. And if the Saints can just win either of their last two games or the Bucks can lose either of their last two games, then I have an outstanding parlay for the Bills, Saints, Chiefs, and Packers to all win their respective divisions. And the Saints are the only outstanding one in that one. So hopefully that can come through. I think the Saints straight up to win the NFC South right now are minus 10,000. I think uh, I'm liking your chances. It's just a matter of uh, how long it's going to take. Yeah, if it comes down to week 17 and, you know, it's a possibility that the Bucks can win the division uh, by winning out and the Saints losing out, then I can just hedge by parlaying the Bucks to win and the Saints to lose. You know, I'll just bet a bajillion dollars on that. Whichever of those two things hits, I'll still end up a winner. But I'll be very, very upset that the Saints blow their division lead over the Bucks. So let's not have that happen, boys. Let's just wrap it up in week 16. How, what do you say, Saints? I, I agree with you there, obviously, as a fan. Um, real quick, though, there was one more game that I know caused a lot of sports bettors to lose a lot of money this weekend, Keith included. <laughs> uh, jumped off the Rams bandwagon a couple weeks ago, boys, and it paid off. The WTF football game of the week this week, the New York Jets defeated the LA Rams on the road 23 to 20. <laughs> kind of funny, kind of not. I don't know. I saw people on Twitter saying like, I'm live betting the Rams. There's no way they lose this game. And I was just like, dude, y'all are idiots. Rams suck, man. WTF. What do I keep telling y'all about these NFC West teams? They are all fraudulent as hell. Stay away from them. Stay the hell away. So funny too, because like the Jets won, but they like lost at the same time because now they're not going to get the first pick in the draft. So that's funny. Like you said, Rams are who we thought they were. Gave the Jets their first one of the season. Jets were 17-point underdogs, plus 980 odds on the money line. Oh, God. Yeah. Or this was actually the largest win against the spread as an underdog in the NFL in the past like 50 years or something like that. I think there was one other time there was a team that was like a 17 and a half point dog. Uh, misery loves company, I suppose. Real quick, though, some uh, stats from the game. Uh, Sam Darnold had a career game, guys. Just played absolutely lights out. Threw his name in the hat for MVP. He was 22 for 31 with 207 yards. I think that might be a new NFL record. He had a total of one touchdown and no interceptions. This was definitely another one of those games that like kept the sports books profitable. 88% of the money at DraftKings was on the Rams to cover, not including the games where people had Rams money line and parlays, where this was the leg that lost. I saw so many bad beat pictures on Reddit and Twitter over the weekend that it did make me feel a little bit better. I'm not going to lie. And a hilariously bad rich man bet, which we always love to talk about, better at William Hill wagered just over $70,000 on a two-team parlay with the Ravens and Rams to win. If this bet had won, the payout was around like $12,000. So terrible return on investment, no matter how you look at it. I saw another terrible bet. Someone bet $1,000 straight up on the Rams' money line to win $50. I think a lesson that can be learned from uh, this WTF game, guys, is that uh, if you try to take the books for a small amount of money, it's like a fuck you. Like If you're going to bet like Bama money line straight up, at like minus 10,000 odds, things of that nature. Like eventually it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And whenever it does, you're probably going to lose a lot more than you feared to win. Stay away from the minus 1,000 money lines. You know, just don't even bet them. Bet the spread or stay away. Like I, I think I finally learned my lesson. Try to be as disciplined as we can for these podcasts. You know, we want to give helpful information. We want to see everyone be successful, make money. Good thing about sports is that there's always a winner. I think this was the final straw for me in terms of uh, betting parlays. I didn't have Rams money line anywhere luckily but i know a lot of people did so 
Yeah, I definitely lost one parlay that had the Rams money line on it. Luckily, I didn't use it as an anchor this week or anything like that because, like we've talked about before, that's got to be a commandment. Don't have one game that you're super confident in and you put in every parlay or tease because then it's it's going to backfire and screw you. I, it was only like a $5 parlay to win 100 or something, but it was the Rams money line was like my last leg and hit, obviously. So that was frustrating. Do you ever notice it always feels like the last leg is the one that loses? I guess the ones in our mind, like psychologically, if you lose the first bet, you just don't pay attention anymore. But the ones you remember are the last. Rams definitely disappointed. Fuck the Rams. Seahawks moved in the first place in the NFC West now, huh? Yes, they did. Yeah, so we didn't talk much about them, but I think the Seahawks locked up a uh, playoff spot. I did win that bet. Washington football team covered that game. Just barely. Is there any other games that y'all want to talk about? Go Bears. Yeah, the Bears. Got to talk about the Bears real quick. We don't have to talk about the Bears. We don't. Yeah, we really don't. (laughs) We need a morale boost for Zach. I know, you know, the lock's lost. Let's let him have his moment. It doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but let's let him feel good. Say what you got to say, Zach. Come on, we're listening. Mitch played pretty well. The Bears moving to 7-7. You know, they still have a chance. We need the Cardinals to lose, I believe, to get in. But there's a couple weeks left, and we got the Jags coming up. So that should be, I mean, I say it should be an easy win, but it's hard saying. Nothing is. But the Jags seem to be actively tanking a little bit better than the Jets. I guess there are a couple of games that I'd like to touch on. The Falcons blew a 17-point lead to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the Falcons were up 24-7 with 7.34 left in the third quarter and completely fell apart. Falcons going to Falcon. Also, Jack had brought this up earlier in the day, but the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots 22-12, to and that actually puts the Dolphins this year at 11-3 and against the spread. Keep betting the Dolphins. I mean, they've been doing pretty good this year. They've got the Raiders coming up next week. The spread in that game is Dolphins minus 2.5. I don't feel confident enough to lock that one, but I might take some action on that. Lock it up. The line actually moved like in the Patriots' favor. I think the Dolphins opened as like a two and a half or three and a half point uh, favorite, and by game time they were down to a one and a half. So I mean, practically a pick them. And like for whatever reason, it kind of fucked with my head. I was like, why? Like, what do these people know that I don't know? But apparently nothing, because the Patriots lost to the Rams and the Rams lost to the Jets. Don't know why we thought that the Dolphins would lose, especially since uh, the Patriots don't have to play for at this rate. So yeah, go Dolphins. Uh, I don't. I didn't like two at Alabama, but seems to be doing okay over there in Miami. So. That was cool. And then, you know, it's always fun to watch the Falcons lose. Let's not forget to mention as well, the Bengals beat the Steelers 27 to 17. Zach, you got to say it. What do you think about the Steelers? You know it, boys. The Steelers are now the worst 11 and 3 team of all time in NFL history. This game was amazing. Juju Smith-Schuster doing his dumb little TikTok thing, which is fine. I'm sure he's a cool dude in real life. I'd love to hang out with him for a day. But him dancing on people's logos at midfield before every game for internet like tiktok followers is kind of corny and cringy people were waiting to just send out one bad game he had holding that material as ransom essentially oh yeah and he got blown up in the very first quarter fumbled the ball the Bengals they went on tear in the first half and they let up a little bit in the second half but they got back to it and it was awesome to watch so if you would have parlayed the Jets money line and the Bengals money line together you would have got plus 9273 odds so that's a $100 bet would have won you 9273 but That would have been a pretty good win. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I really am curious if like anybody bet that out there. I don't know. I did see someone who bet like $30,000 on the Steelers to cover. And obviously they didn't win. So <laughs> they didn't even win. So that's pretty bad.
NBA basketball finally coming back. So hopefully we can get this episode edited in time for you to hear and confirm my lock. That way you can bet it as well. But we got two games on Tuesday. We are looking at the Warriors versus Nets at 7 Eastern time. Uh, The Nets opened as a five-point favorite, and that line is up to 7.5. I am actually not locking any football this week for this episode, but I am going to lock. Bet this game right when the line came out, and I got the Nets at minus 5. Lock it up. Steph Curry can only do so much by himself. James Wiseman is on the COVID-19 list. He might be ready for game time, but I haven't got an update on that yet. And then without Klay Thompson, I think it's going to be kind of tough for the Warriors to win this one. Kyrie Irving is a complete head case, but the guy is good at basketball. And then you have Kevin Durant, who is arguably one of the best players in the NBA when he's healthy. So I am locking up Brooklyn Nets minus five. And then uh, after that, at 10 Eastern, pretty late game for a Tuesday. The Clippers play the Lakers and what should be a good one. Christmas Day is where the real fun NBA games come into play. A New Orleans Pelicans play the Heat. Got a double dosage of New Orleans teams on Christmas this year. And that is going to be at 12 Eastern to start the morning. Open up some Christmas gifts. Start it off hot. Pelicans get a win that game. Probably not. But uh, also looking at the Warriors playing the Bucks. The Nets playing the Celtics, the Mavericks playing the Lakers, and the Clippers playing the Nuggets. So we got a nice full slate of NBA games. I'm sure there are plenty of college basketball games as well. Uh, any predictions for this year? I'm going to go ahead and say it now, but uh, Lakers are totally winning the championship. I'm not going to lie, Zach. I watched a little bit of preseason, and Grizzlies uh, look pretty good to start. 13 NBA games on Wednesday as well, so that should be really exciting. I haven't had a chance to look at any of those lines yet. If you're looking forward to NBA basketball, it is coming back. Zach's Memphis Grizzlies play the San Antonio Spurs. That should be pretty exciting. I think the Grizzlies come away with an easy one in that one. Any predictions for what we're looking forward to this season or what we think are going to happen in basketball in NBA this year? I definitely like your take for the Lakers winning it all. It's not odds that I have enough juice for me to want to bet it this far out. Something that I am considering laying, though, is the Grizzlies just to make the playoffs are at plus 190 right now. Obviously, that's a homer pick, but plus odds for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. We almost made the playoffs last year. We got a great young core. It's looking like we're going to have a good squad, so making the playoffs. The Western Conference might not be as powerful as it has been in the the past few years. I think it's going to be a lot more balanced NBA this year. I like the Grizzlies' chances a lot to make the playoffs, so plus 190, that's something that I'm looking for. We play the Spurs here on, on Wednesday. You know, me and Zach used to work together, both working at a Mexican restaurant outside of Denver when we got laid off as a result of COVID-19. I think Zach might have forgot about this, but where we made a bet versus one another on whose team would make the playoffs. And, you know, obviously Zach had the Grizzlies. Don't ask me how he became a Memphis fan living in Iowa, but that's besides the point. And uh, I had the Pelicans, so we bet. I don't even remember what we bet. I bet on the Pelicans to make the playoffs, and you bet on the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. And I guess we forgot about it because they both missed the playoffs. So a little personal action that we had. Homer bets behind our teams, and sure enough, both teams were too young last year and just didn't come through. So both should be a little bit more exciting to watch this year. You know, John Morant, just absolute stud. Pelicans look pretty decent in their preseason games. Undefeated in the preseason, though it doesn't mean much. But yeah, like you said, West probably is going to get shaken up a little bit more. You know, there's still trade talks. James Harden possibly leaving. Houston. I would assume they'd have to move them out east. NBA overall, the past couple of years, just off seasons have been crazy. We've seen so many lineup changes and things of that nature. Trades. If I had to predict, you know, predicted the college football playoffs, might as well predict the NBA playoffs. It's so far out. But I mean, like Lakers Nets, be a beautiful NBA championship. Like you said, it is far away to bet futures at this rate. You got to wait all the way until until July to get your payout. But I have a little bit of money on Lakers. I think I got them at plus 300. So NBA starting on Tuesday. I'm really looking forward to it. Keith, not the biggest NBA fan in the world, but we're going to get him to get a little bit of money on some games and that's 
definitely change that up real quick. So I don't watch the regular season as avidly as I do the postseason. But now that I'm sucked into this podcast and really the just the whole degenerate lifestyle associated with it, I'm sure I'll be watching a hell of a lot more NBA this season and tracking players, statistics, records, coaches, coaching styles, etc. Um, one prop bet I do like at the beginning of the season is Stan Van Gundy as NBA Coach of the Year at plus 1,600 odds. I think now that he's got a slimmed down Zion, he'll be able to unlock the man's full potential. And let's say the Pelicans make a deep playoff run, maybe maybe Western Conference Finals. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. I love the Pelicans, but if that happens, I mean, I'll I'll be the first person to jump for joy. But I'm just I'm not getting my hopes up. Oh, let's throw up plus sixteen hundred odds. I mean. For him to win Coach of the Year, definitely I can see that. I think that's a good price. So yeah, NBA's coming back. A little Christmas gift coming a little early on Tuesday, December 22nd. So we're going to see our first couple of games as we transition from college football season and in the NFL. Definitely be talking more about the NBA, but just a little teaser right there for you to get you started. Christmas, guys, Friday. It's coming up quick. This year blew past. Somehow the longest and fastest year of my life. Don't know how that happened, but what are we looking at for Christmas, guys? Any big plans? Keith is staying up in his brand new house. Got his Roomba. Gonna probably be busy with that. That's his little early Christmas gift. Zach's got some family plans. Home stuff. That's all I got going on. (laughs) Probably be like doing a a decent amount of moving and and or like painting and you know just stuff about the house but no associating with people so i'll be on phone calls with my folks all day but yeah other than that just getting some quality time in a new place and really uh making it my own i i'm not sure yet what all we're doing but i'm looking forward to kicking back and watching watching some football watching some basketball and just luckily my three-day weekend at work fell on the right weekend so if i get three days off for christmas kind of just kind of kick back and enjoy it a little bit. Enjoy some sports. Hopefully win some bets. Not lock anything for this week. So it'll be nice. I think it was kind of necessary that we all took a little little slight break after this past weekend. So Yeah, after that ass whooping. <laughs> Just to, to be nice about it, yeah. <laughs> That's it, guys. Episode 15, one lock in the NBA. Keith and I will be back Saturday morning. We will give you a brief catch-up on the weekend slate of football games. Let you know how our one locked it and go over everything that happened in sports over this week in case this episode does not reach your ears in time for the nba games we will post that one nba lock on our twitter if you want to keep up with what we're up to in between episodes you can follow us at z and jsb podcast same handle on instagram as well and the action sports app where we post all of our locks every week our podcast is now available on all major platforms guys if you like our content don't feel obligated but please do Go leave us a rating, subscribe, goes a long way for us. Doesn't really take that much effort from you, but we really do appreciate it. And even just honest feedback really, really helps us. We will still keep coming up with some locks. Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast featuring Keith, episode 15, Christmas 2020. Just end the shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's ready to die. I'm so tired, dude. It's 2.30 in the morning over here. I gotta go to bed. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Keith. May all of your bets prosper. Peace. Deuces.